Happy New Year! Oh yes, we're back again in 2021 by popular demand. Yeah, welcome back to the Runs From podcast. We are back for 2021. Rob Jones is still here. Of course. I am still here. And we have got a big season three planned. We do. You've shot out the blocks, mate. I've got to be honest. You have. <laughs> I think I did. every insult I gave you last year, you've taken to heart. <laughs> <laughs> and it's done exactly what I wanted it to do because it's made you just book some epic guessing. I'm really impressed, mate. Really impressed. We, we, I, I, I surprised myself with some of the people that we had reply and agree to come on. <laughs> They've clearly not listened to the show yet. So, uh, and, and sorry, no, it's, it's not Jessica Ennis, which no. was attempted last it year. It was attempted. Mo Farrell was also attempted. He has not mm. responded. No. Oh, well. We've gone better. I think, mate, you've, you've got some very interesting people lined up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's made me start to have to think as well. And I will. <laughs> I, will I will line some guests up ready to rock and roll. So, mate, how was your break two weeks off the, off the airwaves? Off the grid. Has it only been two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. Seems like so much longer. I don't know why. I've missed it. Yeah, I missed it a little bit as well, actually. Um, no, it's been very nice. It's been quite relaxing out here. Obviously, we haven't been subjected to all of the restrictions that most of the rest of the world have. So we've been, out, mm. been able to run. We've been able to train well. Yeah, it's been beautiful enjoying the uh, winter in Dubai. Nice, nice. Mm. So training's all gone, all gone to plan. Training has gone to plan. Marcus has fixed his gammy leg, so he uh, we're, we're back on for our 300k. Don't even call it adventure. Let's call it an adventure. Yeah, in uh, I'm hearing rumours of February. End of February is the plan. That's correct. Nice. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people will be wondering, mate, how much cheese was consumed on Christmas Day? <laughs> I actually messaged you to tell you this. Not. <laughs> Piece of cheese was consumed. Are you impressed? Oh, firstly, you're a liar. I'm not. I didn't. I promise. Well, I don't know how much I believed it. I wasn't there this year to, to watch. <laughs> and do you know what? I actually didn't have any unboxing day either. Wow. Heidi smashed oh. all of it before I could get there. So it was a, it was a cheese-free Christmas? It was a cheese-free Christmas for me. Mate, over at this house, there was cheese everywhere. But I stuck to my guns, didn't go near it. Um, but yeah, a few of the others definitely did and paid the price for sure. Paid the price, the cheese price. The cheese price. And, you, uh, uh, you, had an you had an interesting Christmas as well because you got injured again, didn't you? Yes, yes. <laughs> kicked, a, kicked a ball for the dog, put my foot back down and that was it, Achilles pinged. <laughs> so uh, there's... I think, uh, what do they say? The final straw that broke the camel's back. Um, that kind of did it for me. And I just basically sat down and had a real long think and decided, okay, I need to take a bit of time off. So uh, any sort of coaching structure has been booted out the window for January. My only goal is to ride my mountain bike more. Um, and yeah, try and try and get healthier again. It's not right to, to keep getting injured like that, especially something is so simple as, as uh, flicking your foot up and then putting your foot down and getting an Achilles pull. So time to preach a little bit more of what we always say, isn't it? And not, um, and not do the same things. Oh, oh guest has arrived. In. Interrupted mid-flow. Sorry, sorry, no, carry on, carry no, on, no. I'll go, I'll go. No, 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 it's all good, mate. Well, we, were well. just talk 
just talking about our Christmas and New Year's and we were going to just start introducing you, mate, but you're here. So why don't you introduce <laughs> yourself? Uh, the 45 second version or the hour? <laughs> Let's go 45 seconds. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Jamie, good friend of you guys at Inner Fight, co-founder of Ultra X. And we, uh, we put on two-day and five-day multi-stage ultramarathons in cool locations all over the world. And we've, we've had Rob and Marcus uh, in Jordan in 2019. I keep saying last year, but now we're in 21. Uh, and we hope to have you, Tom, along at some point soon when you ditch the triathlon world. Who, mate, was just, just talking about uh, how I have got injured running again. So it won't be for a while. I saw that. I saw that. I'm sorry about that. Is this... Um, is this the injury that happened? When did, it, when, did it, when did you get it? Three or four months ago? No, uh, a week ago, two oh. weeks ago. Anyway, I'll be back and I will be doing your events, definitely. So you are our first guest of the year, mate. You've not been on the show since oh, July, yeah. episode 3039, when you came on to talk about the, the World Championships of, of ultra running. Mm. I wanted to get you back on as our first show of the year. Number one, obviously, because you're a very good friend of the show. Number two because you have a, such a good way of managing your, your races in terms of this whole COVID situation. And I think your knowledge of the, of the ultra scene is, is obviously very, very high. So I wanted to get you on um, for our first show of the year to not necessarily tell us everything's gonna be all right, but to kind of brief us to how, from a race organizer side or race organizer's point of view, how is 2021 gonna look, do you think? Mm, yeah, good question. Uh, and unfortunately, it's still somewhat open ended. You know, we've, uh, there's a couple of vaccines being rolled out in the UK now, the Pfizer one and the Oxford one, as of yesterday. Um, and I think we all, especially the optimists among us, which is myself, uh, thought that, you know, come February, March, April, life would be very much back to normal. Uh, racing would be normal, we could be hugging people and putting medals around necks at finish lines. And there is still, uh, you know, hope that that will be the case come the early spring. Um, but I think we're learning, especially here in the UK, that it's going to be a slightly more elongated uh, rollout of the vaccine. And we think come the summer, things will, will be objectively back to normal. Um, and it could be before then. Um, but... To answer your question, we will still have, at the moment, until things change officially, certain uh, COVID mitigation uh, strategies at our races. And it'll very much be the same as, a, as it was in 2020. So, you know, race briefings, we will no longer have people sitting in, a, you know, 100 or 200 chairs in a tent uh, next to each other, but we'll deliver those online via video link. You'll pick up your own medal uh, at the finish line We'll probably be using PPE at checkpoints, um, alcohol gel, all these sorts of things, and basically just being sensible. You know, it's keeping keeping people apart, um, and then keeping um, common areas clean and things like that. But you know, our first race of the season uh, will be Scotland. Sorry, it's, it's actually the Azores in April, but then straight after, a month after, is uh, is Scotland in May, and we are secretly hoping um, that things will be pretty normal come May time. Mate, this Scotland race looks unreal. Mm. Really, it's really nice. Unreal. I mean, we uh, 
you know, with 2020 and the realization that we might have to start putting on races closer to home, which isn't something really that we, we ever anticipated having to do. You know, we, we love taking people to far flung places. However, 2020 COVID travel is taken out of the equation. So, you know, we have to make do with what we have on our doorstep and, you know, that's England, Ireland, Wales, Scotland. Um, so, and, you know, Scotland is an incredible place and, and so, so accessible, um, especially from people coming from, you know, the big cities, London, Manchester, Leeds. Uh, we've actually put our start line, just a 15 minute taxi from Inverness airport. So, uh, useful. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll get people in on, uh, on the Friday start Saturday morning, actually in Queens park football stadium, which is great. Cause, uh, if the 75 kilometer course is a little bit short, we can just send people around, you know, as many loops as we need just to extend it. Um, and then, uh, out around Loch Ness. Wow. That's cool. I mean, did you, obviously, when we spoke last time, I said to you, you should put races on in the UK. You've listened, which was good, good of you. Did you manage to run one last year? I can't remember. Did that England 125 go ahead? It did, yeah, uh, in the Peak District. <clears throat> so <That's> cool. <laughs> it was tricky coming up with these names. We didn't really want to call it Ultrax England. We thought that was a bit nationalistic. <laughs> um, but we've had to because we, we need to launch in, uh, in the other countries. That went ahead in, in late September, um, and we were pretty concerned that the weather was going to be pretty typical of, you know, late summer, early autumn in the peaks, um, which would have made it pretty horrific. Uh, but we were very lucky in an unlucky year, and, um, and the weather was great. Supposedly, September in the Peak District is the most settled weather month. So we've, uh, so for this year's England race, we're, um, we're keeping it a similar time. But it was great to you know just get everyone together for that race in the peaks it was it was put on in super short notice you know we mm. i think we gave people between eight and ten weeks to sign up which is is obviously no good for people that that need to train for these sorts of things which is the majority of people um but it was also the first time that we offered a 50 kilometer uh only single stage so the sunday only it was the first time we've ever done that and we will now roll that out at, at all uh, ultra x 125 races so for those wanting to dip their toe in the ultramarathon world, uh, you know, the 50 kilometer Sunday only stage, either in Scotland, in England, in the Azores, uh, will definitely be a good one for them. Yeah, I could see that on the, on the Scotland route that you're, you're doing that. And Rob, you liked the look of that a lot, didn't you? Yeah, I like, I, what I really like is for races like that, you get a real good chunk on day one. So people were going to fry themselves. And then day two is still really hectic. I think day two still got 2,000 meters of elevation after 3,000 mm. in day one. So you've got to pace yourself, but you, you also need to, to still go. <laughs> it's just really good format. Exactly. Well, I appreciate that, mate. When we, uh, we, we, we knew that we were going to have to put on these two-day races, we knew we wanted it to be 125 kilometers, but we didn't know which day to make longer. And we, we had a bit of a focus group, probably with 10 names, all pretty experienced runners and said, should we put the long stage, stage one or stage two? Um, and nine out of the 10 people said, said, put it on stage one. And only one bloke said, put it on stage two. And guess who that was? <laughs> Your boss, Marcus. <laughs> oh. He said, he said, mate, get me. 
make it make it tricky because people will have to take it slow or will have to basically manage their uh, their energy output on day one and loads of them will overdo it on day one and they'll they'll be buggered for day two but uh <laughs> but we decided to go with the slightly friendlier option <laughs> and do, from um so from that race that you did in the peak district is there anything that you've you've changed going that's going to alter your races going forward are is there going to be more races in the uk is there going to be a bigger if you like uk model coming out with lots of one two fives like a series yeah i mean we uh <clears throat> yes basically there will be a series so we um when we <clears throat> COVID, we thought, was going to put us back six months. It's, it's ended up putting us back a year, probably a year and a half. But it, it, it made us, we had to start planning for the future. And we basically had to hedge our bets. What, happen if, what happens if international travel becomes an issue for, you know, years to come? We're going to have to change our business model slightly. So we thought, right, keep things local-ish. Um, and that's when the idea of, of putting in a UK, well, not a UK, a Great Britain series, Northern Ireland, England, Scotland, Wales, and we've obviously now launched the first two and we will probably over the next couple of years launch in uh, in wales and northern ireland yes. and then the I idea is just to have you know one massive medal each with a shard for each location and then uh, you know when you when you get all the races then you you create this big you know heavy piece of metal um i mean the uh, the uk is a cool place um <clears throat> Once you, you know, once you get over the idea that you can't travel to Jordan or Mexico and, and you've got to make do with uh, the Cairngorms and the Peak District and the equivalent of Northern Ireland, there's still a lot of trail running to do. Um, but with the business as a whole, we will, we will always look to launch more 125s than full distance races at the moment, just because they're so accessible. They're just a weekend and we will try and put these weekend races close to big trail running markets. So, you know, whether it's in the outskirts of Sydney and the Blue Mountains or close to Auckland and the North Island, New Zealand, you know, Hong Kong, Singapore, you know, these big expat communities where um, there are lots of runners. They might work in cities during the week, but then, you know, just an hour's flight and they can be on a start line. We will always, you know, continue to launch the 250s. There are... Uh, you know, they're the mothership, you know, the full distance Ironman equivalent. Um, and we love those, but the 125s are great for getting people into ultra marathon running. And, and that's a, that's a huge thing of what we're, we're trying to do over the next couple of years. It's, it's show people that actually, you know, you can do run, you can run more than a marathon. So, so our journey, our competitive journey looks like, you know, you're a newbie, come and do the 50K, then maybe next year, try and take on the full weekend. And maybe, you know, the year after, try and take on a full distance 250. So we're really trying to make sure that there's something for everyone. You're, kind of like you've sorry, I was going to say, you're pretty close to the athletes that do the races, mate. You're on the ground with them. Were a few maybe taking the UK trails a bit for granted? And once they did it, went, oh, yeah, wow, that was a bit tougher than we realised? Definitely. Um you know, we have a new difficulty scale on all our uh, on all our races on our website where we grade them one to six. And um, we looked at we looked at these scales and we thought these are all four, five, sixes. You know, we, we have to introduce something which is one, two or three. Ah, surely, you know, an England race will be one, two or three. But no, you know, our peak, our peak district races, 
4,000 odd meters of elevation gain and our Scotland race is the same. So, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely a few conversations at the finish line in the peaks last summer where people were saying, flipping heck, I, I think I uh, came into that slightly undercooked. I had no idea just how much up and down there could be in this home nation. I, I actually went to the Peak District with Heidi in the summer and we, the place is absolutely stunning. But one thing that we couldn't get over is how you just be in a village and then to get out of the village, it's, you know, 15, 20% gradients. And there's no other way. You have to go straight up. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, the elevation chart, unlike our other races, uh, you know, Slovenia, for example, is, uh, you know, there's usually a big climb to start off each of the five days. But England, and it will be the same with Scotland, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, and it's like that all day, every day, which is, you know, it's okay in the sense that people never spend hours climbing. But there's also not that, you know, peak where they can say, right, once I've hit that, you know, then it starts to chill out from here. It's, it's pretty relentless. Day, day two, stage two in Scotland, the start mm. looks horrific. Yeah, it looks pretty punchy, doesn't it? <laughs> Not because it's like, it's a massive climb at the start, but then you kick up another two times after that. But then you've got a really long sloping downhill. Yeah. And I, I can imagine after 75k in the legs from the day before, that's going to be really really interesting <laughs> totally totally i mean one of the things that, that we do that i think other series don't do or other races don't do is we have these osteos or these osteopaths at the finish line and um they are always the busiest people <laughs> i mean you might think that the race organizers are busy but we do nothing compared to these guys they're first up before the sun is up and they're the last to go to bed they've just got you know it's like queuing up for a supermarket in COVID times like there is a queue of people waiting to get on this bed um and the campsite for those doing the full weekend in Scotland on uh, on Saturday night is going to be is going to be a really really cool place to hang out and to be and to and to receive treatment before uh, before the stage on Sunday. To have socially distant fun. Exactly. Who thought that we could? It's it's funny. I mean, we're basically putting up. Well, we are with you know seventy percent of all the fun that you can have in life. Basically, I think you know. We're, we're, <laughs> We're not having as much, I know that there's more fun to be had and we're, we're having to make do and stay positive and upbeat with basically being restricted. Um, and, you know, last night, our Prime Minister Boris put us into, a, you know, another two month lockdown. So it's back to the tracksuit and the undies um, and, uh, you know, just trying to stay positive before. Hopefully this is the last the last lockdown, you know, especially with, you know, 100,000 vaccines being uh being delivered per week hopefully racing will get back to you know very normal soonish yeah and are you already thinking of ways you're going to have to deliver like feed stations and things differently yeah it, it was weird because in in um in england last year we were all in full ppe masks visors you know it comes down to the smallest detail you know competitor pickups you know from the station you can't have more than a certain number of people in a car um so there is a hell of a lot um of little tweaks that have to go into it but, you know there are some positives as well because we set people off in waves you know two people every 45 seconds it meant that you could actually have a conversation with every single runner before they they cross the um the start line and so that sort of 
you know competitor interaction is nice mm. um but to not be able to like bear hug and or rugby tackle runners out on the course which <laughs> i like to do uh it, it's, it's gonna be a problem um how did what was there any feedback from the athletes that were running the race were they obviously i suppose there weren't many races on at that stage so they must have been quite happy to run but what was what was the general consensus it was pretty bizarre because we could only really appeal to people that were fit and training all year round, which is obviously, which is not a particularly large proportion of people. Um, but they were just so, so happy to just basically be out of their house. Um, it was like rabbit in headlights. Oh my God, we're, we actually had a start line. What's going on? There's, you know, there's a hundred people in this field, albeit, you know, completely socially distanced. So I think they were absolutely flipping delighted to be able to, to get a race in. But it, but it was also weird because basically three weeks after we were back in lockdown again. And, you know, there's pressure from a, an organizer's standpoint that you don't want to be like a super spreader event or you, you don't want anything to be able to be tracked back to you. It would be quite obvious, um, you know, in the three, four weeks after a race, if loads of our runners were getting COVID, you know, where they got it from. Um, so we were we had extra, we were extra incentivized to make sure that you know, we were keeping really high standards and yeah, it's going to be all, I thought that, you know, having to wear a face mask in front of people and sunglasses at the same time, which is a nightmare. Um, I thought those days were over and maybe they will be um, come April in the Azores, but we just don't know, you know, you know, if this pandemic has taught us is that anything is that, you know, the goalposts keep moving. You keep having to adapt which is something that I see on, you know, both your profiles and Marcus's and your other coaches, you're just, you know, your messages is constantly about, you know, adapting and rolling with the punches and, you know, it's not how hard you get here. It's, you know, getting back up and, you know, just that sort of message, but it is tiring being constantly tough. <laughs> Very true, mate. That's just going to like switch lanes a little bit and, and tap into more of, of you, like Jamie as the, as the athlete. I mean, for those who don't know, you've done, uh atlantic crossings you've done you've not managed to do an ironman yet have you that's a half fine. Well, there's, right, we've done a there's half, smoke fine. on your face let me fine. get your face back up oh there is very good <laughs> no but you you are a pretty accomplished uh, athlete in your own right as well and not just you know you've i've rowing the atlantic is, is a lot harder than doing an ironman how have you been tackling this i asked you this question last time and didn't get much of an answer from you i think you were still probably dealing with it but looking back now at your summer, at your winter, going through Christmas, New Year's, like what's your message to people? It's pretty much keep busy, you know, and we, we've launched a ton of virtual events, things to aim for. We did run around the world with Kev, which is, you know, a guy called Kevin Weber who raced with, um, with Robin Marcus in Jordan last year. He's a terminal prostate cancer patient. He's had it for seven years. And we do our holiday 100 every year where you try and run or walk 100 kilometers between Christmas Eve and New Year's. And he started this with us in 2019 and had a full 365 day running streak, which coaches probably wouldn't advocate. Um, and, and on the last day, we wanted to see if we could get our community together and run all around the planet, 24,901 miles. And we got 1,500 people involved. We raised 10 grand for Prostate Cancer UK and we were 1,000 miles short, <laughs> which was unbelievable. So close so far. Anyway, you know, I say that because the message or how we're trying to keep people busy, you know, mentally and physically is, is by setting them virtual challenges. If, if, if there are no races going on right now, which there aren't, 
you've got to somehow try and come up with something interesting enough to stimulate and, you know, give them a reason to get out, whether it's a, a 10 kilometer race or a virtual relay, or, you know, see how many kilometers you can do in a weekend type thing. But it's difficult because, you know, we want to try and stay creative and we don't want to just have a, you know, a 15 part virtual race series where you just do, your, you know, like these Ironman VR races, how many are there? Like, are there like 27 or something like it just doesn't clearly they think there's a need for it or a market for it and i'm sure it does keep people um you know some people stimulated but for me you know the novelty wears off that's the thing covid is no longer a novelty is it it's now it's been life for a year um yeah i mean what about you how are you keeping people uh you know stimulated what is what is the scene like in dubai i see you guys didn't you didn't you have a trail race just last weekend or two weekends ago was it in wadi b or something or uh, what did we have? We had Sana two weeks ago. And it, That's the one. It's very, it's very similar. It's there's no race briefing. The briefing is sent out via email before. Um, it was a mass start, which was obviously separated quite quickly. But they started the races, the different distances, a few minutes apart. Um, there was no congregating at the finish line. So once you finished, it was basically medal put around your neck and off you go. See you later. Mm. Um, but I mean, in terms of actually running a race, it felt no different from any other year, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you got? Because obviously, it's the uh, it's the best time of year for to be outside for you guys, isn't it? Have you got you know a full race calendar or races every other weekend or so over there? There's there's multiple races every weekend at the minute. Yeah, yeah. you could you could be you could be full gas at the moment if if you wanted to be. That's yeah, awesome. I think there was such a hard lockdown here in the start march um march april may that that yeah people i think that was the worst it could have got and now it feels like you know you're just sort of normal again it's it's strange but probably if when people were coming out for, to hear from the uk around summertime they felt very restricted you had to wear a mask everywhere um a lot was a lot of social distancing was going along like you you had to be careful where you were going and things but now that feels normal here whereas i think over in the uk they've gone so hard the other way now but yeah i think for, for the uk guys you will get used to it you know, they're, they're, it does feel really odd right now but you you will get used to it and i think we've learned that here in dubai is just got to be a little bit more a little bit smarter um, be a bit more tolerant of things and you'll get back to normal quicker than you yeah. probably think are thinking you will right now but uh, it's strange here. Not much feels different, but I think that's because we're very normal. It's very normal for us to be thinking in a COVID way right now. Yeah, yeah. And I see that your endurance team is growing, you know, rapidly. You were, were you two people a year ago and now you're <laughs> eight or something? How, how has that happened? Because you're just, <laughs> why, why, why are you both hey, laughing? I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to get bumped off this podcast. <laughs> another endurance team coaches now i'm actually having the fight that's why i'm getting so many good guests in <laughs> is this because uh is this because there's a there's a market for people being coached you know virtually it's just growing more and more yeah we've we were five this time last year we've got our coaches summit tomorrow actually where we discuss what we want to achieve in 2021 as a team um we took on we took on steph who is a pure running coach she she came on as our first uh, ladies run coach and then jess uh, towel came on she's a triathlon coach running coach she works in the gym as well she does crossfit she's just an absolute hybrid of an athlete and now we've we've brought on ivana who is our adventure racing coach 
she'll also do some run coaching and some uh, OCR coaching as well. But one thing, one area we see growing big time this year is adventure racing, which can do all sorts. I didn't realize, but I did one the other weekend. Um, apparently, Saw that. A, a mountain bike, kayak and a run. Apparently, if you put a kayak in there, it becomes an adventure. I was about to say, <laughs> what, what? <laughs> What's what? Yeah, what's a normal race and what's an adventure? Yeah, I mean, if, you, it, if, if you're swimming, it's triathlon. If you're kayaking, it's adventure. Yeah, you guys didn't put in a team for eco challenge, did you? Do you know about no. that? No, you know, Ivana. Ivana's done it. Ivana, who's just come on, she's done it. She did the Fiji one. Yes, the Amazon one. Because yeah. uh, we we put in an ultra X team, and we uh, we yet to see whether we made it. Myself, Chris. Marina, my girlfriend, and uh, and Tom Jolly. So, yeah, from a cardio standpoint, I'm definitely the weakest link. <laughs> but uh, but but from an adventure standpoint, uh, yeah, you'll I've be good got for a that, CV. I think you can probably relate to why adventure races are are stepping up because I think people have been so locked down and stuck in their mm-hmm. homes for a year, can't travel. The sense of adventure right now is going to be huge in people so the races that are open these adventure races that are open i'm not surprised they're filling up so fast i think it's almost shooting fish in a barrel for race organizers with it i i absolutely love adventuring um and it is very different from from competing um you know the limited experience i've had like in a in an ultra marathon environment or a or a triathlon environment or even at just a road marathon environment, it's worlds apart from from what I would call as adventuring. And, you know, adventuring to me, like there isn't necessarily a clock, but you're having to manage like multiple different areas, like often like a machine or a, or a, a vessel or something like that. You know, you've got to deal with the elements. Um, but for me, it's total like mind escapism. And it often happens like in a beautiful environment. And I just feel you know, when you're in that sort of, whether you're in the mountains or in the ocean or in the jungle or wherever, you are completely in the present. You know, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll worry about a work thing. And I won't get back to sleep for two hours, you know, but you cannot do that in an, in an adventure environment because you're just concerned about where you're, you're getting next fresh water from or when your next meal's coming or is there a weather system coming in? So, yeah, I think, I think adventure racing and I've thought this before in my head. I wonder if Ultra X, or probably not Ultra X, but you know, maybe another brand, you know, a series of of adventure races. You know, over over, you know, you could have you could have a half distance and a full distance of you know, a three day weekend version and a five day weekend version with four or five disciplines and a World Series and all this sort of stuff. You know, um, and it would, uh, and you could do it in teams and. You know, I think there's a massive market for that stuff. It's not accessible. So, you know, none of my friends would, would have ever probably been on something I'd call an adventure. But uh, but when you're out there, oh boy, no one comes back and say, says they didn't have a great time. I suppose you almost have you almost have hybrids that are in the middle, don't you? That Like um, the Otillo swim run where you're, yep. you're your partner and you, you run and you swim across lakes and then run again and then swim and then run and swim. And then I suppose you've got Running wise, you've kind of got a hybrid like the Dragon's Back race, where you're you're orienteering between the checkpoints. There's no set route. Mm. Um, you've just got a that must route. appeal to you, Rob. That race. I looked at it. <laughs> Absolutely savage, you yeah. know. And and most multi-stage ultra marathons that, that aren't ours, we look at and we think we know I could, we could do that better by doing this. But that is like it's a super accessible price. Um, 
it's absolutely savage. It's amazing how once you, you if you create a ridiculous route, you know, the, the number of people that will appeal to. I mean, this is something like 15,000 meters of elevation or something. Yes. And, and yeah, and you've got to orienteer at the same time. Apparently, there's no water stations. You have to get it from uh, like free running, you know, lakes and streams and things like that. Like, and they, do, they don't, they change the checkpoints every year. So you don't, if you raced it last year, you're at no advantage really coming mm. back and racing again and try and use the same route that you used. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when we come to think about where we would put on a Welsh race, probably a one, two, five, we, we do look at, you know, that sort of area. Um, but who knows? We need to, we need, we need a, we need a super accessible um, ultra X one, two, five, I think something with maybe like one or 2000 meters of elevation. And that will come, that will come. There's a, uh, I think there is unlimited and I know I'm being biased here, but unlimited insane routes. If you go looking for them in Wales, yeah. Really, yeah. really is. I think when uh, when I was back in the summer, Tom was planning or trying to plan us to get to run some of the the Welsh coast path, wasn't it? All of the the Pembrokeshire coast path. Sorry, all of it. <laughs> one hundred and eighty-two miles. It's all maintained. It's it's the only yeah. coast path that's all national park. And they they do do a race there. It was called the Atlantic Challenge. They used to do one there and one in Cornwall. They used to switch them around every year. I can't mm. remember the name of the company that did it. VO2 events, I think, something mm. like that. But yeah, that would be a, a stunning race to put on. You've just got yeah. to drive a hell of a long way to get down there, but it would be worth it. But even if you know, you're looking for close to airports, you could head off into the Brecon Beacons. And, um, and we're that's, what, that's what we do. You know, I think in the, in the early days, two, three years ago, we used to choose a race location by you know, spinning a map and just going and be like, yeah, I could go there for the next 10 years. Um, but now there's so many more, you know, loops that we've got to jump through. I mean, being close to an airport, a train station, you know, is it, a, does it take international flights that airport? You know, it's got to now have the, the right amount of elevation. It can't just be anywhere, you know, all these sorts of things come into it. But, uh, but Wales would definitely be somewhere cool and somewhere that I think we probably will pursue in the next, in the next 24 months. Nice. Good yeah. to hear. Coming back to your, I want to ask you more about your race format. So you obviously started off as a company that, that had the vision to do five-day ultras around the world, and you've changed mm. the model because of COVID-19 to one, two, fives, and then split that down to 50s. Do you, do you ever see yourself offering something smaller, like, you know, like Mavericks do 30Ks and 50Ks, or do you think it's always going to be about getting that first ultra? Mm. We we were all, we always had the one two fives. That wasn't a COVID thing. But the f but the reason we introduced the fifty was because if we are going to be a company which is doing ten million in revenue in three four five years, we need to grow the ultramarathon market mm -hmm. because because it's a niche, um, and the way to grow it is to get people that are doing 5Ks, 10Ks, even couch potatoes and giving them a taste for this thing. And the 50s are an amazing platform for them for that to happen. You know, 40% of Ultra X finishers had never run a marathon, you know, and then they're completing an ultra marathon. Um, but with regards to going smaller than a 50, for us, it's really important to be accessible, but to keep that USP, you know, you know, what do you think when you think Ultra X, ultra marathon? 
So I don't think we'll ever go less than 42.2 kilometers. Um, you know, and the other reason for that is we, uh, you know, there's lots of competition when you get to half yeah. marathons and 30 Ks and marathons. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't want to just be another brand in that big pond. You know, we're enjoying being a, a big brand in a small pond, but a small pond that we're trying to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and which, which is growing. We, you know, we have some serious data suggests that ultramarathon running is, you know, is very much where triathlon was, you know, 15 years ago. And look what happened to triathlon, you know, enormous. And how inaccessible is triathlon compared to something like running, you know, bikes, wetsuits and running gear. You know, it's crazy. To, it really is. It's a phenomenon to think that ultra, the Ironman grew to, you know, a $650 million brand, you know, when basically everyone that has can take part has to spend at least three, four K, you know, just on their equipment. Yeah, so I we, think from, from the outside, it looks like that, but actually, and you understand what Ironman put in to become where they are and the fact that they make no money year after year, it shows that it's probably not sustainable, mate. So if, like you said, what you're doing with just running is it's way more sustainable. It's, you don't have to put so much money into it. You've got accessible races all around the world. I think you stand to be way more successful if you can pull off this world championship mm. um, idea that you have. Yeah, we've got a wicked lineup for, for Slovenia. Um, Rob's, Rob's going to be there. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be an interesting thing. <laughs> Rob, you know, we've got our athletes, our pros are Pau Capel and Rob Jones. <laughs> but he doesn't make it to the start. He gets lost on I'm on a starvation diet to try and get myself down to 70 kilos. Wise, wise. But we have an outrageous lineup for that. An outrageous prize money. Um, which is difficult because, you know, appealing to, uh, to the general population and then appealing to a professional athlete are two different things. And we, we've definitely, I'm sure that we've secured some of the names that we have because there's 50 grand up for grabs. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to, just for the, for the audience, do you want to list off some of the people that you do have lined up, whet the appetite? Yeah. I'm just going to have to uh, head to the website right now. Yeah. Luckily, the internet has decent speed. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got Pal Capel, who, you know, won UTMB two years ago. Insane mountain runner. We've got Hilary Allen, Tom Evans, Mimi Kotka, uh, Jedeminus Grinius, who is in Mexico with us, Salome, who's Salome Lacra, who's won the Marathon de Saab and has, you know, won our Jordan race every year. Mike Wardian, the US athlete, Jason Schlaub, US athlete, um, Holly Rush, Jackie Bell, you know, who's an Australian um, and an Ultra X athlete. We've got some, it's going to be, it's going to be a real battle. And, you know, what's exciting is lots of these athletes haven't done multi-stage ultra marathons before. So, uh, so to see them, you know, transfer from hundred mile races or shorter to, uh, you know, having to perform over a five day period living in certain conditions. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And what, what really excites me about that format is that the, the everyday athletes mm. will be able to sit and watch what these guys do when they're not running, how they recover, how they eat, how they sleep, what was, you know, what do they drink? When do they go to shit? Everything. We're going to be able to mm. watch it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how many sports can you say that where, where, you know, normal people will rub shoulders with the likes of Pal Capel and Rob Jones. It's <laughs> uh, 
it, it just you just don't get access you know to people like I don't know Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal like you'd never you know you'd never play them in a match you know let alone you know sleep in their hotel room with them and see their you know what makes them professional what's their mindset like and how much attention do they put into their diet and you know are they actually pretty relaxed people that are just seriously talented you know so to be able to you know rub shoulders with uh with the with the best in the world, I, I think is pretty unique to ultra marathon running. Definitely. I think that's a good place to, to send you off, mate. Yeah. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Happy New Year. Looks by the looks of your Instagram, you got a new hat for Christmas. It looks pretty epic as well, actually. Yeah, man, I'll, 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 no, I'm not going to send you the link because uh, I, I was actually going to say <laughs> Christmas looks like it's been tough. He looks a lot like Alan from uh, what's that film? Hangover. <laughs> And if you're going to make a nice comment like that, Rob, I want to know why you're so pale. Why is Rob so pale? You're in Dubai. At least Tom has the the, the nows to dim the light slightly. (laughs) (laughs) No accident there, mate. No accident at all. Hang on, let me me add a filter of some description. Yeah. No, mate, thank you thank you so much it gives um i think you know should give people a little bit of hope for 2021 that that races are going to come back i think it should whet people's appetite if they are looking to do to do a, a race this year their first ultra scotland does look fantastic head over to um the ultra x website ultrax.co.uk is it or dot com you probably got both Close. ultra x hi yeah ultra x.co and check out the amazing images in there. Also check out the route before you enter because you might want to have a look <laughs> at the elevation on that. And yeah, Jamie, I really um, appreciate your input into how you've dealt with the past few months as well and, and what you're looking to do going forward. And like you say, staying busy and trying to do things that for like the bigger picture, you know, like helping out Kev with his, mm. his running streak and things, I think is, is so important mm. and a great message to share. So thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we should, we'll, we'll plan to get you back on maybe towards the back half of this year and see if your predictions of how the year's going to go happen. Who knows? It's always a pleasure chatting to you guys, Tom, Rob, anytime, mate. I love you. Awesome. Cheers, mate. See you, Thank boy. You, mate. Take bye, care. mate. Bye. Mate, that was, that was a pretty good uh, insight, actually, wasn't it? Do you feel confident about the races in 2021? No, not yet. I, not confident. No, I think uh, probably last year has taught us to be a little bit more cautious, right? Mm. Um, yeah, like uh, already there's some races been cancelled, but I think what Ultra X are doing and where they are UK wise, and they've had the experience of putting on that England race, they might just pull it off. Yeah, as soon as I think as soon as races are allowed to open, they can. They're in the position to go at them full gas they've got some like you say the, the races that they put on are spectacular they're super yeah. challenging and they appeal to a huge market um i mean we have potentially five or six guys flying over from here to scotland to do that race so it just shows you how far people will travel for their events yeah yeah and i, and I do 100 percent believe that they are worth they are worth doing it um i just absolutely love the way they treat people who are entering the races like if for whatever reason you can't get there you get the refund mm-hmm. or you can yeah. you can p- postpone and move your race over to something else move your entry onto another to another area so yeah i think it's it's very very good and you know as much as i think we were talking about it at the start like you know for me now the focus is to to get a bit healthier 
to to get stronger to fix all the little niggles that i get that oh i keep having because i haven't got any races in sight mm-hmm. for some people they've already done that you know they, they've sat on ice for for six seven months and they do want something to aim for and it's really important that companies like ultra x still you know they could just shut up shop for the year and say yeah we're out you know i don't think anything's going to happen but they're putting the effort in they're going to these places they are organizing it they're they're doing virtual um challenge stuff they're really you know it's such a positive voice in the market of, of ultra racing they they're clear with what they're going to do they're clear with their intentions um and i think it's really important and if you are looking for something that just needs you you need something to be getting you out of bed in the morning seems like they have it i would agree Completely. so mate next up for you what b next up is what b yes fifth of feb that's the next race my aim is to be running that. by them actually we should do a shout out as well to project dxb who will have yes. their marathon oh the very first inaugural inner fight endurance marathon is happening Mara. i can't wait I know. Can't I've actually, wait. I've got to go test the route, don't I, on uh, Thursday morning? <laughs> you do, mate. You do. I faked an Achilles injury to get out of it. <laughs> you could actually do it on your bicycle. It would be a bit quicker. Yeah, although they get a bit funny about riding on the beach track, don't they? Yeah, not at 3 a.m. True, true. Yeah, so that, that will be, well, gonna I think happen. that's going to be a very special day, actually, just like the marathon was last year, but mm. some special things are going to happen on that day um what else mate like we said it's pretty full gas here maidan race this weekend 10k up to half marathon the weekend after is rack triathlon actually this uh, weekend this weekend as well as the urban ultra desert dash in maliha 50k desi dash yes then it's uh marathon weekend then we have wadi b yes and then it's hadja 100 in the middle of feb yeah uh you guys are doing your jace to in a fight end of feb and then we've got march again there's, there's something in march i can't remember off the top of my head what it is mountain bike race for me there we go and there's triathlon and it, races almost every weekend isn't there there Small is Olympics and things yeah so yeah if you're in dubai it, it's time to get planning the uh the issue of race cancellation i think is behind us for now so get planning sit down make a plan maybe hire a coach and uh, on we go. Start to run is still bouncing, mate. You're still going good there. Still bouncing, yes. Start to cycle is back on again. Skinny's back from his, from his uh, little hiatus there. So, yeah, if you want to you get on start to run, email rjinafight.com. If you want to get on start to cycle, you can email rf at inafight.com. That's to Rob Foster. We Maybe have Ladies Run Club. Club. Yeah, that's still going. Email sh at inafight.com. And we are now bringing to you, to the gym, adventure racing classes with Ivana, our brand new coach, who we will also get on the show very soon. Um, she's just recently been on the Inner Fight podcast, so we'll have a little bit of a gap between there. We'll let her settle in for a few weeks and then get her onto the show and grill her all about her running career. Um, so yeah, there's literally no excuse to not be training at the moment. And also give a shout out to the OCR guys. I know there's no races, OCR races on at the moment, but I know George is planning something um, to do sort of more in-house. And if you want to ask anything OCR, then it's gc at And if you've forgotten all those emails, you can email us endurance at innerfight.com and I'll get back to you. If you want to email me directly, you can do tw at Guys, big 
use by a, a huge use from you that you can give to us is to go and rate and review the podcast on whatever you are listening on um itunes spotify podomatic whatever else there is to listen to podcasts on just a simple rate and review an honest review is great um, and any rating is great and any feedback you have for us please send over again on email also if you have any guest ideas or you want to be a guest and come on and talk to us then you can do we are back for season three season three will run all the way through this year again we have no plans on uh, on stopping and we have lots of good plans for guests and sharing knowledge to you guys throughout the year so please get in touch to tell us what would be useful for you and we'll make it happen Excellent. we are back next week with a guest another guest yes it's good to say Another UK guest as well, actually. Ah, we're just making their lives a little bit better by talking about how good the weather is over here at the moment. Yeah, I'll add a filter for this one. <laughs> give myself a bit of a tan. Yeah, mate, I don't know what it is. You don't look that pale to me. I think he's winding you up. I think it's the office. Get outside more. I will. Sorry. <laughs> cool, Excellent. that's it, guys. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to season three of the Run Strong podcast. We'll be back next week. Over and out.